Welcome to the Waiver Wired Podcast. It is week 13 of the fantasy football season. If you're still listening right now, my guess is that you are in the hunt for a playoff position and we're going to help you get there. We're going to help you dominate. We're going to help you win your league. We're going to help you beat your ex-boyfriend, your brother-in-law, your boss, whoever you need to. That's what we're here for. And we have a really exciting show for you today. I'm your host, Jen Piacenti. With me, as always, is my producer and partner in crime, Eddie Spaghetti. And we have a really, really special guest today, too. If you're watching the video, you've already got a hint who it is. Um, but I'm going to I'm just going to tease a little bit. And in a few minutes, I'm going to give a better introduction. But hold your horses. Let's hit the headlines really fast. Um, starting out the news today, DeAndre Swift probably out for a few weeks. I already called up Jamal Williams. I already asked him if he wanted to go to dinner. I told him I'd feed him real good. The whole thing. Hope you guys made your claims on the waiver wire. Eddie, you have any Swift anywhere? I do not, but uh, I mean, he was like the one bright spot of a very, very uh, bad, awful team. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, as bad as it gets for people in Detroit right now. If you have him, uh, I don't know what else you do here. I don't even, I don't really trust anyone else besides DeAndre Swift because I think he's just that much better than whatever yeah. they could put, put back there. The team is just so putrid. Interesting fact. Did you know that Jamal Williams has never had an NFL fumble? Wow, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, you would not have guessed that, but it is true. So he is sure-handed. I call this week handcuff appreciation week, but we'll get more into that later. I certainly hope uh, you got your handcuffs or maybe you picked up your opponent's handcuffs or you did that or you have time to still do it tonight, even if you're blocking somebody. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, news is that both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins were practicing today. That could be positive news. Looks like Daniel Jones may not start and maybe Mike Glennon. Eddie, how do you feel about Mike Glennon for the Giants? Uh, I mean, what? He's going to come in and, and slow down the Freddie Kitchens high-powered offense that scored 13 points after that uh, miserable, like we thought we were going to make a change. It was going to be great. Daniel Jones will throw the ball down field more, which I guess is what Kitchens is known for. But, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't want to see any part of Mike Lennon. He's he's miserable. If Daniel Jones can't let the Giants score more than uh, one touchdown a game on offense, uh, I don't think Mike Lennon's going to get it done. Jalen Hurts also questionable for Sunday, which is unfortunate. He says he's going to play. And if he plays, there's no way you don't start him because the matchup for him is absolutely spectacular versus the New York Jets. You'd want to start Jalen Hurts. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully you can start him. He's been phenomenal for me in the Scott Fishbowl minus last Sunday. Got, you know, he got a demerit for last Sunday. He, he got he got a little lecture from me. So I hope he comes back. And then I just want to mention Thursday night, a lot of question marks still in the Thursday night game between the Cowboys and the Saints. Uh, Kamara practiced it in a limited fashion. Mark Ingram is fully back. Amari Cooper is cleared from COVID protocols. He will fly with the team, but it is not for sure if he's starting. CeeDee Lamb will be back. Cedric Wilson is out. Tyron Smith is back for the O-line. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is back. That's good for the Cowboys. Uh, Zeke's knee. Um, has been a topic of conversation. I believe it's a deep bone bruise, but reports from Jerry Jones himself are that Zeke's going to still see quite, you know, a decent amount of carries. Problem being, bear in mind, New Orleans Saints allowing only 66 yards per game on average to opposing running backs. So, you know, it, it could be a tough game for Zeke, but he's probably going to get across the end zone for you. Punch one in. I think you can feel comfortable starting Zeke, but lots of question marks. And for betting purposes, you know, not a, not a a lot of player props out yet. Uh, you know, a couple. Strangely, 
um, Taysom Hill touchdowns are playing like plus 200 still. And seeing as how he was taking first team reps all this week, even if he doesn't start at quarterback, even if it's Simeon, I think that touchdown prop is a really, a really good prop to take because they're going to put him in at least for a few packages. And if they're putting him in, it's basically to carry it across the goal line, especially if there could be no Alvin Kamara. So those are the main headlines for today. A little bit slowed down because the news has been completely dominated by the MLB and this crazy CBA expiring and these crazy signings. And I'm just really happy. Every time I see my phone light up like a Christmas tree, I really hope it's somebody not writing me to give me their condolences on Carlos Correa signing with the Yankees. So far, so good. Um, so I think we're going to have to wait a little longer there. But without further ado, I want to introduce our very special guest for today. Um I, there really aren't a lot, enough superlatives to introduce Scott Pianowski, who is at Yahoo, but he recently was honored with being named to the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame, and I can't think of anybody that deserves it more, and I'm just so thrilled and pleased that he's joining us today. Scott, welcome to the Waiver Wired podcast. I have to tell you that I have followed your work for years, um, and I trust what you say, and I'm really excited to have you here because I, I try to get on the podcast minds that I think are the brightest and will help people the most. And I'm just, I'm just so excited to share you with everyone. If they don't already follow you, which by the way, shame on you. If you don't um, go give Scott a follow, you should follow him right now. So Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, Eddie, great to be talking with you today and a, a lovely introduction. You, you know, I, I'll just, if anybody's not familiar with my work, I'll just give you a, a really very simple introduction to, to kind of my ethos, what my you know, rule of thumb is. I think the best thing you can do as a fantasy manager is, is have common sense. Mm-hmm. As much as we live in the age of enlightenment, we've never had more stats. We've never had a smarter industry. And there's, there's all these different ways to measure what's going on. And we have fantasy doctors and, and we have all these wonderful you know, air yards. And, and you, can, you can dice up a quarterback stats a million different ways. But still, it comes down to good decisions. It comes down to common sense. And of course, football, there's a ton of variance and you have to live with that too. Um, you know, there's going to be players in great situations who don't perform this week. There's going to be guys who come out of nowhere who do perform. And I just want to make one other thing abundantly clear for fantasy. Okay. Especially fantasy football. Cause Jen, I know, I know you're a stalwart in the fantasy baseball industry and in the fantasy baseball world, the weakest manager in your league has no chance. They're drawing dead. They're going to get trampled because the season's so long. There's so many data points. There's so many choices. Fantasy football is much more a game of the people where the person who knows the least in your league, they get the right pickup at the right time. They, they have an injury-free season. They can win your league. Right now, you may, be, you may be watching this. You may be around 500. You may be struggling to try to make the playoffs. You may be looking at teams and think, I can't, I can't beat these teams. Look how much talent they have. Those teams are all one Sunday away from from being with the rest of us, just struggling on the waiver wire, starting guys that you didn't even know were in the league two or three weeks ago. You know, forced to throw money at Adrian Peterson, tr- hoping that Foster Moreau can save your season, stuff like that. So I just want to say, stay the course for one thing, for the competitive nature of your league. Even if you can't make the playoffs, try to beat people. But several times I've snuck into the playoffs as one of the weaker teams and won a league. And then I think everybody knows the situation where you have the juggernaut for three months, you dominate everybody and then everything goes wrong in December and you don't win the league. Just get in the tournament because really anybody in that tournament can win. That is such fantastic advice. And you mentioned Adrian Peterson. Speaking of Adrian Peterson, uh, rap just tweeted that the Seahawks signed 
Adrian Peterson to their practice squad. Yeah, so, I guess Franco Harris wasn't didn't pass the physical, or they didn't like the the forty time on that. Sorry, I mean obviously but, Adrian. Damashek was pushing for Franco to the Seahawks, I'm sure, but um, or maybe Jerome Bettis <laughs> is, is still in game shape. But uh, I, man, who thought Seattle what three and eight? NBC flexed out of the Seattle San Francisco game. They be, and that's obviously a comment on the Seahawks, not the 49ers. They right. said, "Get this game out of here. We need Teddy Bridgewater in prime time." I right. I mean, it looks like the Seahawks and the and Russell Wilson are headed for a divorce. And I, the positive spin here is it's going to be fun watching Russell Wilson on the Panthers or the Steelers or the Broncos or the Broncos. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have an idea on that, but um, it sure seems like they're headed for a breakup and. I actually think I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a Russell Wilson fan. I think he's already a Hall of Famer, but I think a healthy um, Geno Smith, just like in Cleveland, I think a healthy Case Keenum would be the better quarterback than a hurt Baker Mayfield or hurt Russell Wilson. I, I think Russ rushed back and he admirably he wants to make the playoffs and everything. But I mean, I man, you can't play Wilson right now. You, you can't DK Metcalf. You can't have any confidence. You're all petrified to bench him, but he's doing nothing in your active lineup. Tyler Lockett's like this once every month player where he pops and then he goes back into witness protection. I, I never thought I'd see the Seahawks be this unproductive for fantasy. They're one of the dead zones. They're a dead pocket right now. You get no cell reception for fantasy in Seattle. There's nobody here who can help you. I agree a hundred percent. And you know, it, I agree, especially with the case Keenum call. I don't understand why the Browns keep, you know, forcing Baker out there. He has like a shoulder injury, a knee injury, a, a head injury, I think. <laughs> but that's my own opinion of Baker Mayfield. Uh, they, they need to just do something. And in Seattle, it, it doesn't make sense. They would be better with Geno Smith. I agree. The run game, you know, they hired Shane Waldron saying they were going to open up this this offense and take the top off defenses. And they're where was DK Metcalf? You know, and, and arguably maybe it's maybe it's a Russell Wilson problem. There's enough blame to go around. I mean, everybody's blaming everybody else. But the, the end result is they're not getting it done on the field and they're certainly not getting it done for your fantasy team. So on, on that note, you know, do you start Russ Wilson this week versus the 49ers, it's not actually a great matchup for him. Are you sitting him if you have him? He's a proactive sit for me. Remember, in fantasy, we want numbers. It's not about the names. It doesn't matter where you get your stats from. It's I, I want the player who I think is the best chance to succeed. And until I see a prove-it game from Russell Wilson, he's not going to be in my lineup. I, unfortunately, I think you, ha- you still have to play net Metcalf. Some teams may be lucky enough where they could sit lock it. I, Man, what's the most exciting thing DK Metcalf has done the last few weeks? He get ejected from a game Died and tried to get back in the huddle. I think that might have been the most exciting thing he's done, but yeah. he's not on the same page. The Waldron hire, which I admit I was excited about it. I, I bought what he was selling, right? We're going to play up-tempo. We're going to get the ball. We thought, you know, narrow usage tree, right? We love fantasy teams where there's only like two or three guys. Look at, look at Minnesota, right? Every time they score a touchdown, you know it's like one of three guys. And, and that's very reassuring for fantasy. I thought Seattle mm-hmm. was going to be a team like that right now. But Wilson, to me, is an easy – you've got to have a better option than Wilson. And you can't live on who – again, we want numbers. It doesn't matter who the names are. If, if you think Taylor Heineke is a better start than Russell Wilson, I'm just going to say, yeah, go get the numbers. I think he probably is. I certainly think, actually, this week I'd rather start Jimmy G, uh, which sounds bizarre, okay. but I would. Um, would you start Taysom Hill over Russell Wilson this week? You know, I want to. The thing with Hill is it's tricky. Once we know he's healthy, 
he started four games last year and I, I know he had four touchdown passes. He was a better passing quarterback than I, I made fun of. I was on part of the Twitter mob that made fun of Taysom Hill for like three years and said, what are they doing? Drew Brees is a hall of famer. Why is, why does Sean Payton have this Taysom Hill, you know, affiliation? And, yeah. And then, then Hill played last year. I'm like, you know, he's a better passer than I thought. We know he's a good runner at the goal line, four passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns that you want the Konami code, right? We all know this going back to rich rebar. We love, quarterbacks who run the ball i know i know hurts didn't do much for us last week and then newton was kind of a flop but it's such a backboard when you have a quarterback who's already got 40 to 60 rushing yards in his back pocket and maybe the goal line equity i would expect i like that prop you were mentioning earlier of hill at plus 200 i, I know part of that is we don't know what his role is going to be how many snaps he'll get but i, I think that's an, i would punch that before that number changes i just wish for I wish this game were on Sunday. I wish we could get more intel. I wish we had just a clearer picture of where everything sat because you have to make a hill determination. You have to make a hill decision without perfect information. We're not going to have situation. You may have other situations where you don't know if you want to play a quarterback, but is his receiver hurt? What's he going up against? I just wish this was a Sunday game or a Sunday night game and we could have more clarity to it. That said, punch, please. Punch that prop. Taysom Hill is going to yeah. score a rushing touchdown this week. I, I don't know I, how well he's he going to play. To. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, right. but he's going to be in the end zone at some point on Thursday night. It feels like he has to. Like, I don't know who else they're going to go to, you know, and I agree. Like, I don't know that you necessarily want to start Taysom Hill this week, but I do think that he might be someone that's good to put a waiver wire claim in if you have room on your bench to help you down the stretch. Because one of the strange things that's happened, listen to this stat. In the last four weeks, just four quarterbacks have averaged more than 19 points per game, and only two have averaged more than 20. And this is including, you know, some of the top guys like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. It it just hasn't been these incredible, you know, at the beginning of the season, Kyler Murray was going off, and and Dak has been very up and down, and we just felt like we were getting all these points. And then recently, like, yeah, if, if a quarterback gets you 15, 16 points, like, that's pretty good. Like, I'm okay with that. That's cool. So I think it's good to have Taysom Hill around. I think he's the kind of guy that could, could help you. If you, if you lose a quarterback, Um, I don't even know, like you said, Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson, will they even finish the season? Will decisions be, be made where they don't play? So let me jump in for a second. I think you hit on a really key trend of maybe the fast four to six weeks. And I guess that applies to the season as a whole, think of every name quarterback. Think of every quarterback who's been mentioned in the, in the mm-hmm. MVP discussion, which you know, now that we can bet on this stuff, we're always talking about stuff like MVP. And every one of these quarterbacks has either gotten hurt, gotten COVID, or gone mm-hmm. through a really rough patch where we couldn't trust them. You know, Kyler Murray was the favorite at one point. He's missed several games. The Chiefs had a three- or four-week period. They couldn't get out of their way. The Bills somehow lost to Jacksonville. They've had some weeks where they haven't looked good. Dak Prescott, he's had a you know, couple of no-shows for the Cowboys. I think get, getting Smith back their left tackle is, is a huge plus huge. for them. At least the offense looked good on Thanksgiving. That's not the reason why they lost. And Prescott's splits when he has his left tackle are so much better. You know, Kirk Cousins is a guy who has broken everybody's heart at some point. You know, Tom Brady didn't do much in the win over the Colts, and he looked terrible in that loss to the Saints a few weeks ago. Usually in fantasy and in the NFL, there's seven, eight, ten quarterbacks you can set your watch by every week. They put up 20-plus fantasy points. They put up 300-plus passing yards. They put up multiple 
passing touchdowns. Maybe they're running quarterbacks. And this year we've had to navigate. I don't know what Lamar Jackson was doing last against Cleveland. I, I know he's had some issues with his stomach. He's missed some time. He looked terrible in that Miami game. Mm-hmm. I never remember a year where the quarterbacks have been this inconsistent because, again, usually there's like seven or eight yeah. offenses. Okay, I, I feel very this is a safe zone for me. This team's putting up 30 every week. We thought the Chiefs were that team. Then they weren't. We thought the Cowboys were that team. Then they weren't. We thought the Buccaneers were that team. Then they weren't. Bills. Bills, you know, up, up and down team with the Bills. I, anybody in the AFC North can look. You know, the Bengals on the right day look like – Maybe a factor yep. on the wrong day. It's like, okay, I don't know what they're doing here. Uh, the, the Colts are, have been kind of a hit and miss team. The, the Colts and the Vikings, I have a feeling the end of the year, we're going to see one of those teams, maybe both of those teams not in the playoffs. And we're going to be like, you know, I thought they could go deep, but they didn't qualify, right? Just look, the, the Vikings have a seven-point lead, I think, in every game this season, which is unbelievable. Think mm-hmm. of how did the Colts ever lose to the Ravens. The Colts easily could have beaten Tampa Bay last week. They've let some games slip by. So that's been, to me, the season is that we, we look for form. We look for things that are consistent, things we can hang our hat on. And I think it's been a lot more difficult to find it this year because the quarterback play has been so inconsistent. It has, and it's been frustrating. But um, it's okay. Like you said, even if you've had inconsistent quarterback play, you can still make it into your fantasy playoffs because it, you're probably just one or two wins away from that right now. I believe there's two more weeks left, which, by the way, Today is a trade deadline for a lot of leagues. December 1st, also the CBA expiring, also all these things. I don't know. December 1st is a big day here in the sports world. So I wanted to ask you if you had any recommended trade deadline moves. Like, is, should you know, should I go target Javante Williams? Like, is there anybody that you think would be smart maybe to acquire for down the stretch? Yeah, you know, if we were talking in the summer, I would have poo-pooed the idea of the understudy running back, the handcuff running back. When I'm building my roster early in the season, it's like a baseball game where I want to play for the big inning. Okay, I'm, we're batting in course field. Now I'm thinking I want to score seven runs, eight runs, ten runs. I want to build a juggernaut. By the end of the season, it's kind of like late in a baseball game where like bunting is like the dumbest thing you can do in baseball, right? But if you're in a tie game in the ninth inning, it might be right to bunt or pinch run or something like that, something you'd never do in the first inning. Right. Your winning scenario should be a lot more specific now. So you do things that you normally wouldn't do. I, I'll give you one really quick. It's, it's not maybe the highest upside tip, but I guarantee this is available to you because it's available to me in a lot of leagues. My leagues are super competitive. Look ahead for a defense you may want to play next week. Okay, Green Bay is off this week. I forget their opponent off the top of my head, but they're playing somebody. I think maybe it's the Bears next week. There are like three or four defenses that I wouldn't play this week who have great matchups next week. Look ahead a week or two on defense. You would never do this in September. You could, who carries two defenses? It's like the dumbest thing you could do. Look at who you're playing. How can you block? You know, maybe you didn't need Foster Moreau, but your opponent needed a tight end, so you get Foster Moreau and block him. Uh, there are situations where I might handcuff a position where I would never do it. I've been in one deep 20-team league where, unfortunately, my quarterbacks are Tua and Baker Mayfield. I have to have Case Keenum because I'm just worried that Baker Mayfield may be scratched. So unfortunately, Case Keenum's become mandatory insurance for me this late in the season. I would never do that early in the year. So just our winning scenario is a lot more specific now. We're not just playing for the beginning and trying to get the juggernaut team. And I, I think that has to be part of, again, look ahead on the schedule. Look at now we know who has a really good week 14, week 15, week 16 matchup in, in special areas and try to take advantage of that. And another reason why we're looking ahead, you may have spent all your fab money. Maybe you have no leverage in the free agent game. 
if that's the case, you got to be proactive. You got to try to rub that magic eight ball and say, okay, who's what player who's not rostered right now is just one injury away or one depth chart change away from having a big spike in value. Maybe I need to get that player now because I won't have the leverage to get him when he's obvious a week from now. And you're right. And I'm always a fan of picking up players when they're on their bye week. Um, even you may even get lucky. Like I think a lot of people got lucky and they were able to acquire Alexander Madison this week because so many people dropped Alexander Madison because of bye week squeezes. And you're going to see these changes happen. Be the person that's on the proactive side of that. So, you know, for instance, maybe you want to pick up Marquez Valdez Scantling for two weeks from now. You need a deep waiver wire ad because he's on buy this week. So no one's going to be thinking about it. You might be able to get him for zero dollars right? If you don't have fab, that's a situation you could go for. So I'm a big fan of that. Dontrell Hilliard, Dontrell Hilliard, for sure. Who, who looked good in that New England game and and not just a touchdown run, right? I mean, he had a good yards per carry, even if you take that mm-hmm. long play out. We saw the previous week, he had a bunch of catches, which is, and then their receiver room is so banged up right now. Right. There's somebody, you know, whether it be a trade, a pickup, you know, somebody, somebody, there may be, this is something that they're carrying for next year too. I feel like trading season starts when the bye weeks start because you get the season gets deep enough in people start getting desperate and you get a team that has to win this week and their best players are on by their best running back. I was in one league where I had a losing record. I had Austin Eckler on by and I, I needed to win. I, I peddled Eckler all week. It turns out I didn't trade him and, and somehow won one that week anyway. And my team has kind of gotten back into contention. So I, I got very lucky in that situation. People don't like to trade in September because everybody thinks they drafted a great team. Once the season has a personality to it, once injuries kick in, once bye weeks kick in, that motivates people to make trades. And when you're trying, let me tell you something else too. Let's just say for whatever reason you wanted to trade, I I don't know, you you wanted to trade Odell Beckham. You Don't go to your league and say, oh, Odell Beckham's for sale. He's on the block. Who wants Odell Beckham? Say, I really like my receiver room. I think I have excellent depth at receiver. I'm looking to get some help at running back. Do you like any of my receivers and let them come to Beckham or let them come to the player that you're trying to maybe want to move Terry McLaurin, whoever, it doesn't matter who you want to trade. Right. Just don't broadcast the player that you're shopping, Put that whole, let, let your whole roster be in play. You don't know who your opponents are going to make some silly offer for. Anybody's tradable. If somebody makes you the, the right offer, the, the grandfather offer, right? I mean, you know, somebody makes you a Herschel Walker. I'm dating myself here. A Herschel Walker trade. You know, the Cowboys had Herschel Walker. He was a an asset. And Minnesota said, here, you know, basically take our draft picks for the next 17 years. Dallas, yeah, sounds pretty good to us. And they set up their their franchise that way. Put your whole roster on the block and, and let your see who your opponents will make a mistake on. Ask your opponents to rank, say, your receivers okay, or your running backs. You have four good running backs. It doesn't matter who you think the best running back is. Maybe they think the wrong running back is the best running back. Use their rankings against them. Yeah, see, that's a really smart point. Um, It's not how you rank them and how you feel about them. It's about how your opponent perceives value. And that's where I think we make mistake with the offers too. Like we're offering what we think is fair. A lot of times you'll get an offensive offer for a trade and, and maybe they're not trying to offend you. Maybe that's how they value or vice versa. So you, you always have to think. And the other thing is, I like how you said, I like my wide receiver room. I'm looking for running back help. Sometimes I feel like people just don't, they don't know how to 
make it work for both sides. They're just concerned about helping themselves. And you know what? That's not going to get a deal done. It doesn't get a deal done in the real world and it doesn't make friends for you either. It's not going to help you. So you need to always think about what does the other person need? If you just come to them with a joke offer, they don't need it. It doesn't make any sense. You always have to think about what the other person needs and both teams should be improved when you leave. And that doesn't mean that you don't have different ways of perceiving value, as you said. And if you happen to play in a league with someone like me or Scott, you can probably go read a couple articles and figure out who they value and get a little bit of an advantage. Not that I'm helping anyone out, but like I play in this league with a bunch of ladies um, and they're awesome. They're fantastic. They check my waiver wire article every week. They're, they're sharks. (laughs) Yeah. I made a mistake in my hometown league. I invited somebody who listens to the the Patreon podcast I do with Michael Salfino. And now he's always uh, bidding me on guys. It's like, Oh, well, how come I didn't get the player I wanted that I, I thought we were like, we had a stealth pickup, you know, recommendation on all oh, it's because I invited this guy who listens to my show, which like it's the price of doing business in our game. Totally. And, it. And, and you're right. You know, you, trading. Another thing with trading is I always approach trading. I'm not a cutthroat trader in the sense that I, I try to trade with people with the idea that we're going to make trades in the future. That's going to be a relationship. Right. I'm not looking to take advantage of anybody. I'm looking to right. try to find win-wins. And again, you know, you have depth in a certain area. If, if you have the receiver depth, do a little bit of legwork in your league. And when you see another team that has a loaded receiver room, that's not your trading partner. You don't match up. You want to find somebody who needs what you yeah, It's really simple. But, you know, you have a bunch of apples. They have a bunch of oranges. And you, you trade that way. Because people are more comfortable trading from strength. And they're more comfortable when they're addressing a weak position. If somebody has the same roster composition as you, it's going to be more difficult for you to find a trading partner. So, you know, just it doesn't take that long. Just look, do a little bit of legwork and try to see where the where the win-win is and approach the trade with the idea that you're going to be trading with this person in the future. That's right. Great. Um, all right. We got a question from Dave Damashek. Are you, are you hanging around, Scott? Can you take this question? Let's sure, see. Of course. What are Scott's thoughts regarding Dawson Mercer and Jack Hughes Devils having a brighter future than Spaghetti's blue shirts? Wow, Dave. Well, I'm a little, again, got to date myself here. I'm a little bit <laughs> biased towards Jack Hughes because actually his father, uh, Jim Hughes, was a great defenseman at Providence College where I matriculated. So I've been following Jack Hughes and, and uh, Quinn Hughes, who I saw play at the University of Michigan. I live in the, in the group metro Detroit area. So um Although I gotta admit, I watched I watched the uh, the Rangers play my, my Bruins a few nights ago, and I thought they were great. Um, thought they they didn't do much in the first period, but they dominated the forty minutes after that. I love I love I, I don't know if this is Damashek or if this is like um, bot Damashek, but I love there's a hockey question on this football show because I, I love to talk hockey. I grew up in New England, and um, you know it's basically they slap skates on you when you're like one and a half years old. All of our moms drove us to hockey practice at five thirty in the morning and stuff like that. So yeah, I think you just booked yourself a spot on Dave Damashek's uh, podcast with that. <laughs> oh, it sounds good to me. Yeah, Damashek's awesome, man. Because you know, here's a guy who ostensibly a sports writer, he's, he's but he really wants to talk about the my pie. He like he won't let me eat the kind of pie I want for Thanksgiving. But other than that, he's an okay. Oh, he's guy. a man of taste, you know. He he wants. I love how he's always breaking down the number versus number quarter back matchups or or which who has the best uniform which team is wearing the wrong uniforms and stuff like that i've been dying to have damashek on one of my pods so we can just have a like a draft about who has the best throwback you know nfl uniforms and we can do three minutes of content and like 55 minutes of silliness i mean that's exactly dave damashek i mean that's what makes him so much fun if in case you don't know his wife makes gravy that's actually liquid steak 
and he's the only one that has rights to that, but it, it sounded pretty delicious. So I'm, I might invite myself over to their house for Thanksgiving next year. That's the first thing I do when I get a steak is I kind of like press it down. So I, I want, <laughs> I want to get the, I want to get the plate to be soaked up with all the steak juices. So get the liquid know, makes out. The broccoli easier to go down. Yeah. So. Um, Scott, thank you so much for being generous with your time. One more quick question before we wrap up. Um, do you have any must ads for the waiver wire this week? Cause there are some people that their waivers haven't run. Who do you kind of have your eye on anyone in particular? Madison's obvious. I mean, he's, I, he should have been on your roster already. I would look to see if Hilliard was available because the bye week may have dissuaded some people. And if Waller doesn't play, I, I really feel like Moreau is going to be a great DFS play and he's going to be a great fill in. I, I think he's going to catch five to seven balls and maybe have a 50, 50 chance at a touchdown. Those are some of the guys I've been focusing on this week. And also this was painful to do, but I actually spent some fab resources to get Tevin Coleman. I, I didn't feel great about it, but I think he's got double digit touches in his, uh, you know, in his back pocket right now. And as we know, at running back, especially running back two in flex position, if somebody touches the ball double digit times, even as a member of the New York Jets, that does carry yeah. fantasy value. It's true. Do you have any um, affinity for Matt Breida? I do, but touchdowns in three straight weeks. The, the key with Breida, this is, this is a really simple rule of thumb here. Used to be 10, 15 years ago, we all wanted bell cows. And if there was a mm-hmm. running back by committee, we ran away. Now, most teams use multiple backs, and it's a rule of two and three. If you see three, it's too many. If you see two, it's a workable situation. What did Buffalo do last week? They scratched Zach Moss, so it's Singletary, so it's Breida. It's down the two running backs. When you see any team with just two running backs basically touching the ball, and look, Allen's going to run the ball some. He's got goal line equity. I get it. But the key is that Moss didn't play last week. That makes Breida, his touch expectancy goes up. He's playing in the passing game. I don't think there's a game script that would get Breida off the field. So because Moss didn't play last week, I'm much more proactive adding Breida as a fantasy player. Now, would you rather have Matt Breida or Mark Ingram? I think think Ingram's a higher upside. I think Ingram could could get to maybe a touch count that Breida couldn't but I feel better about Breida's offense. So it, it may be a case of managing expectations. I think the floor is probably a little bit better with Breida. I think Ingram might have a little bit more upside. I'm wondering, you know, also with the change at quarterback, what happens if Taysom Hill ends up taking a lot of that. But I think I would rather have, I, I would rather have Ingram still at this point, but I was just curious how you were feeling about that. I've always liked Mac, Matt Breida as a player, actually. Just, he tends to just get a little bit banged up, which is unfortunate, but I really like Matt Breida, so I hope he does continue to do well with Buffalo. And they're, they're, they should. They should try to actually use a running game even more. Why not become even more threatening? But poor Zach Moss. Poor Zach Moss truthers. They're not happy right now. There's a lot of them out there. Sorry, guys. Scott, it was amazing, as always, uh, to chat with you. I appreciate so much your, your time. Uh, tell everyone where they can follow you and find you and find your work. Sure. Uh, Yahoo Sports is like 99% of what I do. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Pianowski and, uh, you know, talk about whatever. We can talk sports, music, food, you know, uh, dogs in the snow. doesn't matter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm available about 17 hours a day. So I love catch it. Me on Twitter, catch me on Yahoo. Uh, we do a bunch of suite of podcasts over at Yahoo too, if you'd rather listen to stuff. So I hope you check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us. I hope you'll come back. Thanks, guys. Okay, everybody. We'll be right back after this quick break. Awesome. That was Scott Pianowski of Yahoo Sports. Please give him a follow. Truly one of the best in the business. Um, Let's just quickly check in on a few waiver wire picks that I have listed for you guys. A few start and sits, and then we'll hit questions and we will wrap this puppy up. 
Um, all right. Waiver wire claims for this week at the quarterback position. If you need to stream someone for Aaron Rodgers, again, Taysom Hill, someone you want to keep an eye on, maybe not start him this week, but go ahead and put in that bid. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Jimmy G is someone I'd also feel comfortable streaming this week. And maybe even Tua, though I have to say, Spaghetti, your Giants, their defense has been getting better. And they did this last year, too. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the bright spot of the team last year was Patrick Graham's defense. And there was talks about him actually moving on to somewhere to to be a head coach. Then this year they started off slower. A lot of like Bradbury, basically, he was like the one guy wasn't playing as well. Uh, Leonard Williams has been fine, you know, after the big contract, but it wasn't the same as it was. And now they're just turning it on. And if it wasn't for the defense, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they wouldn't have won that game versus the Eagles scoring 13 points. So, yeah, I mean, the defense is back. Yeah, they, they look good. And, uh, you know, speaking of second half trends, that that could be a New York Giants second half trend. I don't know, but I kind of feel like I trust it that they're not necessarily a defense that you're going to actively target to start people against for DFS. For instance, Russell Wilson also uh, trending badly in the second half of the season, as he has done in years past. We talked about that. So you may want to consider sitting Russell Wilson this week if you have the luxury. Uh, running backs on the wire. There's a ton of them. You know, at the beginning of the year, you know, we always talk about handcuffing or not. I just want to go down the list of your first round picks. You don't have Derrick Henry anymore. Alvin Kamara has been injured uh, for a few weeks now, but he has been great. Austin Eckler has been healthy, so he's a good one. Uh, Dalvin Cook now out for a few weeks at least. Uh, Zeke has a a knee injury, probably going to be fine, but he's been pretty sturdy. Jonathan Taylor still rocking if you took him in the first round. Um, who, uh, Aaron Jones has had to miss uh, for various reasons, injuries, etc. Who else is, have we been missing? Oh, DeAndre Swift now, not a first round pick, but now going to be out for a few weeks. So um, we have, we have, oh, and of course, Christian McCaffrey, the big news, right? So the question is, do you go pick up Chuba Hubbard? The answer is probably yes, because you probably need a warm body and you know he's going to get the touches. Though the matchups are really difficult. He's got New Orleans ahead. He's got Bills ahead that, that, offense is clearly suffering we didn't even get into cam because i'm sure we don't even want to talk about it it's so disgusting um so chubba hubbard if you need a warm body is someone you should you can definitely go to because you know he'll get some opportunity of course the question mark is what just what are they doing in general with their offense um so hubbard madison jamal williams again if you can get him he was available in 63 percent of leagues last i checked of course some waivers ran last night so it'll be more available now. Uh, sorry, he'll look less available now, uh, depending on your league, potentially. But if, if your waivers haven't run, you might still be in a good spot. Um, Brita, we just talked about. For wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne, someone that's been putting up a really solid fantasy floor for a few weeks now. Two-touchdown game on Sunday. He now has five touchdowns on the season for the New England Patriots. That's only behind Hunter Henry. And certainly this New England offense is starting to gel. They look really good. Um, Honestly, I, I think they could win their division, but you know, there's still good, you still get good odds too, uh, for them. So consider that if you're of the betting mind and, and most of us are, if you're listening to this network, uh, T Y Hilton is a great DFS play for this week and possibly a pickup streamer. If you need to stream somebody because he owns the Houston Texans for whatever reason, he owns them. Uh, Deshaun Jackson also in a, in a good matchup this week uh, versus Washington. So you could definitely use Washington. We saw, you know, actually Tyler Lockett got a little bit unlocked versus this Washington secondary. So I could see that being Deshaun Jackson this week. 
I love Josh Reynolds this week versus a Viking secondary that's earned at the second most passing yards per game across the past four. Definitely interested. He's going to be the clear number one. Now that DeAndre Swift is out too, it just makes a lot of sense. He's reconnecting with Jared Goff. Russell Gage is someone to have your eye on. And then at the tight end position, he mentioned Foster Moreau. Last time he stepped in for Darren Waller, he was a perfect six for six for 60 yards and a touchdown. Cole Komet didn't practice today, um, but he is someone that you might want to look at for the waiver wire for the future. And Jack Doyle, maybe just, just throw a dart at. He has been, he's seen the end zone three times in the past six games and he led the receivers to the Colts on Sunday. So it's possible if you need to stream someone at tight end, maybe if you're a DFS games, that, that's someone you could play. All right, Eddie, how are your teams doing? How's the health of the teams? What's going on? My uh, two straight losses in my main league here. Oh. And, uh, and you know, I dealt with three guys, four actually, if you're going to count Calvin really being out just due to injuries or, or bye weeks. And I made a bad decision. I, I thought I was smart. I thought I was going to be ahead of the curve. And I, I started Tony Jones, uh, former Notre Dame fighting Irish running back for the Saints in the Thanksgiving games. And he just <laughs> couldn't get anything started. And like that kind of leads me to, like, to this question. And for those that either have Kamara, uh, uh, Mark Ingram as well, well, Saints have lost four straight. They're making the quarterback switch from Simeon to uh, to Taysom Hill. Obviously, without uh, Jameis Winston, and, and looks like Kamar's questionable. Two guys in the O line, their two best O linemen, are probably going to be out again. Is this like that? Just a bad Tony Jones game, or is this a thing where it's like the Saints are just reeling and like you can't really trust them as much as you normally would in the backfield? I mean, I think it's both. I mean, remember, it was never a good matchup. The Bills are a really tough run defense. So I don't know how much we all really expected from Tony Jones Jr. But the bigger issue to me is, first of all, Mark Ingram's healthy. So I think he's definitely next in line after Kamara. If Kamara comes back, is there any Tony Jones? Probably not. Um, But then the, the bigger question to me is the Taysom Hill experiment, right? Like, he was not good for Kamara's fantasy value last year. That was really unfortunate, but true. And is it's unfortunate because Kamara is their best weapon. So they shouldn't take each other out. It's like the worst, but they might. And so we just have to keep an eye on that. And, and he could vulture work from Mark Ingram as well, but I still like having Mark Ingram. He's actually been very efficient uh, this year in his opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah, just a bad uh, bad move by me. Another move that kind of paid off. Well, I got lucky. I, I made a good trade. Got A.J. Dillon. I think I mentioned that before. The handcuff to Aaron Jones. So, I also have A.J. Dillon had a pretty fine game. Over 20 points. Aaron Jones not really involved. Is, is there going to be – is it a thing where he kind of easing back Aaron Jones from injury? Or is there going to be a, an A.J. Dillon kind of, uh, you know, he's going to may overtake him down the stretch run? What do you think is going to happen there in the Green Bay Packers backfield? I don't think he will overtake Aaron Jones, but I do see a situation where it's a 50 50 split. And Mm. certainly this week, I think AJ Dillon could get more depending on how Aaron Jones is. Well, not this week because they're on by, but the next week it's possible that they could still be easing Aaron Jones back in. I can definitely see this being a 50 50 split and them letting him carry a lot of the workload. That's how you use rookies a lot of time. Well, not rookies, but you know, young players Mm -hmm. uh, down the stretch. So but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Aaron Jones has been so good. You know, the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones situation is excellent. So if he's healthy, he's still going to get plenty of work. So I'm not too worried about Aaron Jones's value. Um, more about if you can continue to use AJ Dillon trustworthy wise. But as Scott said, you know, if there's two running backs, you can trust that. And uh, so I think AJ Dillon probably is flexible moving forward for the rest of the season. That's my guess. All right. 
uh, time to move on to our uh, listener questions here. Yeah, but first, before we move on to listener questions, I want to encourage everybody to go over to extrapoints.com in the arcade and um, play with us in our NFL Pick'em contest because we offer a golden hat for whoever wins this contest every week. And it's super fun. And you'll see our picks come out every Sunday and it's awesome. So come play with us. Um, Our winners for this week for the NFL pick them are James Cannon, who got 10, right? Congratulations, James. Cause I think I only got like five, right? It was not the best week for me. College pick them, Michael Meehan, 12, right? November prop culture, Chris Haynes. Hey, Chris, what's up? Congratulations. Chris got eight, right? Chris is a, Chris is a good, uh, extra pod family member. He's like up on everything. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, He's the best NFL prop quiz. Harry, he got five, right? Harry got five, right? I'm sorry, Eddie, but you know, he's dominating right now. So Harry, you're on fire, Harry, you know, people love taking shots at Harry on Twitter, but it's like, you look at the our, our, our NFL picks, like he's right up there and, and, uh, he's one in the, the prop bet. Now he's got a, you know, golden hat. He could put on his uh, daily picks videos. So good for Harry. I'm, I'm, I'm always team Harry. Yeah. Harry's is rocking it. And if people pick on Harry and I don't get it, like basically here, I'm going to say this, anybody that's out there picking on Harry, Harry and I are package deal. If you get rid of Harry, you get rid of Jen. So you're going to have to be nice to Harry. Even I mean, he's kind of pickable, pick onable. Like I get it. Like it's kind of fun to pick on him. He's such a good sport, but I love me some Harry. Um, and not just because he loves Robbie Ray. All right. Um, so that's it. Oh, and one more thing, guys, this is the coolest. You got to go right now to extrapoints.com and check out our shop because I discovered today they have waiver wired stickers. They're really cute. They're like, you know, each and you can get a sticker of the waiver wired logo. It's really cool. You can put on like your notebook where you write notes to your friends or take notes in your college classes or whatever you do. I don't know what I'm going to do with my sticker, but I ordered a couple because they're super cool. We have t-shirts, we have clothes uh, for all the podcasts, extra points, but the best part about it is 20% of the proceeds go to no kid hungry. So help us support no kid hungry, get some extra points gear. Uh, Wear it proudly. You got all of our, all of our pods have merch on there. So they're, they're all really cool. Um, the minus three long sleeve shirt. That's cool. Yep. I, uh, I'm going to get my family and my girlfriend, uh, just uh, even my friends too at home. She's going to get them all extra Christmas points time. here, different shows, yeah. you know, minus three way reward, lemon pepper against all odds. Uh, I'm going to keep like, you know, uh, give them that's, if you're going to interact with me in person, you gotta be wearing something from extra points. You gotta wear the stickers too. put them on your car, put them on your laptop. It's, it's great. So I'm glad that the shop's up and running. And like you said, yeah, 20% uh, to charitable donation. Awesome. Awesome cause. So everyone get there and, and do it. Extrapoints.com uh, or it's shop.extrapoints.com. Yes. Do it, do it, do it. Christmas time. Get those gifts out. All right. It is December 1st. Um, we're going to get to your fantasy football questions right now. As always, you can submit your fantasy football questions for this mailbag every Wednesday, which will be answered live at Jen Piacenti, at Extra Points, at Edward L. Murphy. We will always get to them. Let's go ahead and get to the people. Yep, and, and to your point, just like Dave commented before, through YouTube, through Twitch now, we're on Twitch, mm-hmm. Extra Points on Twitch, Facebook. If you comment there, we will see it on here, so uh, please chime in, but thanks to those you can who... write in right now if you have yeah. a question. If you're watching this on YouTube or Twitch, write in right now, and I, we will get to you. 100%. So we'll start off here at PPR. Who should I drop? A-Rob, Sony Michelle, Alex Collins, Jeff Wilson, or Calvin Ridley? Have to drop one. Thank you. Uh, and this is from AC. 
In PPR. Um, well, that is a tricky one. I think you should go ahead and drop Calvin Ridley. I don't think he's coming back this year. Um, it, believe it or not, it would be Cal- between Calvin Ridley and A-Rob. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but A-Rob didn't practice again today, and it, they're just not targeting him or using him. So, But I think the thing to do is go ahead and, and drop Calvin Ridley. Sony Michelle, you know, Darrell Henderson's kind of dealing with maybe an injury. He might be someone that pays off in the next few weeks. Alex Collins, I also don't like. He's next on my list. I don't think he looks very good. He's got tough matchups coming up. And Jeff Wilson, again, 49ers run defense. If anything happens to Eli Mitchell, it'll be Jeff Wilson. So, because Debo Samuel's not out for a couple weeks, so they won't be able to just get gadgety with Debo. So you got to keep Wilson. All right. We got a question here from uh, Machine for Life. Uh, looking at another week of who gets to play alongside Pollard in between Burkhead, Stevenson, Murray, and Coleman if Kamara is out. Those are tough. Um, Burkhead has a terrible matchup. Stevenson does not have a great matchup. Um, Murray, let's see, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. That's actually a little bit better of a matchup, but he's not leading the backfield. And Coleman is facing Miami. I think you have to go Coleman here. All right. We got a question here from Ann asking, uh, I just picked up Brita for bench strength. Mark Ingram was just dropped. Uh, he's on waivers until tomorrow. I don't really need him. The other running backs I have are Eckler, CEH, uh, Mitchell, and Wilson. Um, am I, should I go get him though? Yeah, I would get, I would get Ingram if you can. And I would probably drop Brita to do it. Uh, we have uh, picked up Taysom Hill. I uh, still have Wilson and Carr on my roster. Who should I drop? And should I pick up Gage or Reynolds? So I would actually drop Russell Wilson. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I just, uh, where's the ceiling? I don't see it. I don't see it coming this week. I don't see him getting right. Um, Taysom Hill couldn't probably give you a floor down the way. And Derek Carr has been pretty darn good. Uh, that's just been the case. It, it, it feels terrible to say. And, I, and if you feel uncomfortable doing it, I get it. But I don't really see you dropping Derek Carr. I really think Taysom Hill could be a smart pickup because I'm not talking about real life quarterback life, but fantasy quarterback. Taysom Hill is a baller. Last year, he started four games. He had four rushing touchdowns across those. He had no less than like 15 and a half fantasy points in any of those four games Two like 25 point games in there. So I think I think it's. I think it's Russ. We got a uh, tight end question here from JK. Uh, he has Knox and Gasicki, and he's in second place in his league at eight and four. Should I drop one of them Matt. to grab Moreau or Ertz uh, or just flip a coin every week? He seems to be picking the wrong one. Oh, that's a really tough one. Um, I think I would just try to play the matchups between Knox and Gasicki the best you can. But I'm a little bit tempted. You know, the receiving core is getting a little healthier in Miami. I'm kind of tempted to tell you to drop Gasicki and pick up Ertz. I definitely wouldn't worry about Moreau. I think that's just a one or two week sub. Um, But and you can probably get him later. I don't think there's any need to run and get him. So that's probably what I would do. And to run out our questions for this week, uh, Kadarius Tony is questionable. Born, D. Jackson, Aguilar among the available receivers. Any suggestions here in a PPR league? Yeah, I would go Kendrick Bourne here because he seems to be a favorite red zone target. And an interesting thing about Kendrick Bourne, remember just two weeks ago, he also rushed three times for like 43 yards in addition to his 98 yards through the air. So they're using him very creatively. I know it's hard to trust any New England receiver, but 
he's been pretty steady for a few weeks. So I would go born here. I also love uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I think he has big playability and, and he could end up being the wide receiver one, but it's just a little bit more risky. So the safer floor play is Kendrick Bourne. The safer ceiling play is Deshaun Jackson. I would not bother with Nelson Aguilar. All right. Well, thanks again, listeners, for all the questions this week. Uh, like I said, keep tweet him, comment live, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Twitch. Uh, extra points that is on uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and we will read them live on air. But if not, at Champion Chante, at Edward L. Murphy, at Extra Points Pod, and we'll uh, we'll grab them there and we'll read them live on the show. That's right. And in the meantime, don't forget to go to extrapoints.com slash arcade and play with us, compete with us, uh, show that you're better at picking NFL games than we are. We love it. We love the competition. And don't forget the extrapoints.com shop. Remember any merchandise or stuff that you buy there, 20% goes to No Kid Hungry. And we're all about giving back here at the Extra Points Network. In the meantime... It's December, guys. Start making your Christmas lists and uh, thinking about others. It's a time to be giving. But don't give away any of your fantasy football secrets. Don't do that. It's time to get serious. It's time to win. You basically have two more weeks, and then it's time for the fantasy playoffs. Again, if you have questions, send them to us. We will help you. It's time to get serious. It's playoff time. We're going to win. And in the meantime, hey, guys. Enjoy the football.